Open your Bibles to the last book of the Bible called Revelation. Revelation. This was, uh, um, you know, being a song service Sunday, being a fifth Sunday, a special service um, with all the different people that were going to be singing. It was going to be a very short sermon, right? Well, I got some time. Y'all left me with some time. So in Revelation, this is, this is the end of 2023, and we are about to go into a new year, and we want to be a people who do not treat Christianity and living the Christian life like the world does, who make uh, New Year's resolutions that don't last very long. There are too many people who treat their Christian life like that. They say, I'm going to do better now. I'm going to do this and that and the other, and you make it a resolution. Well, you need to be changed inside. Your soul needs to be touched, and don't treat it that way. Instead of making yourself read the Word of God every day, you should love to read the Word of God every day. It should be who you are, not what you're trying to be. Allow yourself to be touched by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must leave so that the Comforter can come. We, each and every one of us, are little temples walking around that are supposed to be housing the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to be. And the Spirit should be ruling your life. You should be walking after the Spirit. So in Revelation chapter 1, in uh, verse 8, it says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Now we're living in which is, and we remember what was, and we're looking forward to what is coming. And it's all about Jesus. And then in verse 11 it says, again, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, and those seven churches are Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Those are the seven churches. You will notice in the book of Revelation there are sevens and sevens and sevens. There are seven churches I just mentioned. There are seven spirits, seven candlesticks, seven stars, seven lamps, seven kings, seven seals, seven horns, seven eyes, seven angels, seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven crowns, seven plagues, seven vials, seven mountains, seven heads of the beast, and seven thousand men slain. You know, seven is the number of God's perfection. And when you open up the New Testament... You open up the New Testament, you have Matthew, and the seventh word from the beginning is Jesus. 
if you go to the very end of Revelation, and you go to the very last word is amen, and you count backwards seven words, it's Jesus. The seventh word in Revelation itself is God. Jesus is God. Now let's talk about these seven churches. Each one of these churches represents something, and I think that they are the history of the church age. And when it was written, you had to look forward to it all, but now we are in 2023, the last day of it, and now we're looking back on all of these seven churches because they've all been uh, lived out through the church age. Notice that the beginning and the ending. Jesus is the, al the alpha and the omega, the first and the last letter. He's the first and the last. 18, this is uh, chapter 1, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Chapter 2. Notice if you have a Bible that has red words of Christ, all of this is red. This is Jesus himself speaking through the angels, and each one of these churches has an angel appointed to them. And the first one is Ephesus. So what does it say? Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Is Jesus in the midst of this church? Do we want him here? He knocks, would we let him in? I hope we would want him here. He needs to be in the middle and be the center of everything we do. We must glorify Christ. Verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them that are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and has borne, and has patience, and, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat, notice it's just somewhat. Now, this is all really good words to this first church, Ephesus. Now, he has somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Don't ever forget about your first love, and that is for Jesus that little baby lying in a manger, growing up so he could be tempted in all points like we were, to be 100% human, but yet 100% God, and be, the, be a perfect sacrifice for each and every one of us. Don't ever forget your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick. See, if you ever leave Jesus out, 
If you start concentrating on all the other things and you leave Jesus out, then he's going to take away your light. We're supposed to be a light to this community, but he will take away that candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. God hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. What does that mean? Laetans, that's the laity, that's the common people. Nica, that is through power, have power over. So it would be like a priest saying that he talks to God, you can't, let me go to God for you. I'm better than you. I'm clergy, you're laity. God hates that. We're all on the same level when it comes to God. Man, woman, Greek, or Jew, it doesn't matter. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Notice it's seven verses. Seven verses for this first church. Second church, Smyrna. After after the, the, the church got started, then there came extreme persecution of the church. And this, uh, the, here's four verses here. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and, and tribulation and poverty. See, when you come under severe persecution... And you stand up for Jesus, you may lose your job. You, know, you, you, might go to, go, you might go into poverty. Would you be willing to do that for Jesus? And then look in parentheses, it says, but thou art rich. You're, when you give up worldly things, then you are uh, setting up treasure in heaven. You're really, truly rich when you might be poor on this earth. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. You ever heard of replacement theology? You ever heard of people saying we're, we are, the church is, is uh, uh, the Hebrew people, we're the Israelites now, we've replaced them? No, don't ever say that. God is not through with the Jews. It's a blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. That's strong words right there. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. And thou, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Don't be afraid to die for Christ. You're going to be persecuted, and as we get closer and closer to that tribulation time, there will be more and more persecution. Now the church, in its beginning, came under severe persecution. Notice, again, it's four verses. The number four represents worldly things. We have four seasons on this earth. We have four directions, north, south, east, and west, and under severe persecution, the church 
traveled all directions to spread the gospel out all over the whole world. That's what happened. The third church is Pergamos. What does it represent? It represents the time when uh, it, it, goes, it goes up to about 316 A.D. and uh, Constantine supposedly had an experience with God. And he ended persecution. What happened was the more they persecuted, the more the gospel went out. It's like you couldn't stop it. The more you tried, the worse it got as far as the gospel being spread out all over the world. So Constantine, maybe, maybe the devil used him to stop all persecution and intermingle worldly things with godly things. That's what happened in Pergamos. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. That's the word of God. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among, among you, where Satan dwelleth, but I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. What was that doctrine of Balaam? Why did I say that maybe Constantine, uh, devil, the devil used him? Balaam realized that he was not allowed to curse the nation of Israel. They were blessed. But he taught Balak how to go in amongst them and to intermingle with them, and the sons of God would start to have idols because of the women of Moab. And they would be judged from within. The doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So this deed of the Nicolaitans has now become a doctrine within the church. Which thing I hate, says Jesus. Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them which the, with the sword of my mouth. Notice, uh, you know, it's talking about that sharp two-edged sword. We know it comes out of his mouth. Oh, this is the word of Jesus. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Where is that hidden manna? It's inside of the ark. There's a pot. There's a golden pot of manna that's hidden in the ark. And that manna represented Jesus, the bread of life and will give him a white stone and the, the stone a new uh, name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. If you believe with your whole heart that J Jesus is your Savior, then it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you, tells you you're not saved, you're not living right, whatever. You know. You know. And it's six verses. This, this, this uh, worldly 
things being intermingled with godly things, wouldn't you know that it would be six verses right here for this Pergamos church? Six is the number of man, and man trying to do his way. The fourth church is Thyatira. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. I, I think that this is, uh, this, is, this is the Roman church. I think this is Roman Catholicism. They have done amazing things. They have some very strange beliefs. But they have colleges, hospitals around the world. Mother Teresa would be a good example of someone in that church that did great things for the unwanted. They will do great things and do even more great things. But, 20, notwithstanding I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to, to seduce my servants to, com to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. You know, they, they worship Mary more than they worship Jesus. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already, already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I, as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Twelve verses, two times six, double, manly. Okay, that brings in the time of the Reformation. The church of, or the, the Roman Catholic Church, they were keeping people in the dark. They, did, they would say, you, you, you can't understand the Scriptures, don't try to read them for yourself. We'll tell you what it means. Be careful of that. Each and every one of us are responsible for our own spiritual walk. We can't uh, go to the judgment seat and say, but, that, but they said this and they taught me that. It's on you. You need to be like a Berean and you need to search the scriptures for yourself. Now that leads up to the Reformation. I think that the church of Sardis is, is where all of that started to happen. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. You're, you're real religious. 
You say the right words, you do the right things, but inside your, your, your heart is dead. You make it look like that you're doing all these godly things, but then you go out and live like everybody else. You have a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now, the, the Reformation was a wonderful thing, but then they, as soon as they broke away from the Roman Catholic Church and exposed all of the heresy, then they themselves got into their own messed up teachings. And now we have denomination after denomination everywhere, and we all want to fight amongst each other. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. That's going to be the rapture, right? You don't know when it's going to happen. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. There, Sardis started something that was going to be good. There's a remnant. I mean, every one of these, it's a remnant that make it through. And now Sardis is leading into Philadelphia. The last verse of Sardis. Uh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. They all end with that. Are you listening? Also notice this six verses. Sardis, six verses. It's way too manly, worldly. Man was too involved. Philadelphia, verse 7 of chapter 3. This is the best one. This is awesome. This is where I want all of us to be, is right here. Philadelphia, what does it mean? Brotherly love, looking out for our neighbors. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith that he that saith, all right, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast, notice, listen, are you, are you looking at this? And hast kept my word and has not denied my name. That's what I want us to be. Going into this new year, I want us to be a church that has kept Jesus' word and has not denied his name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. 
Does that mean he's going to keep you from going through the worst of the tribulation? I think so. Which shall come upon all the world. That horrible time will come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now, these are born-again people. These are real saved people. And your, your, your salvation cannot be taken away from you, but you could lose some crowns. You want to show up in heaven with a bunch of crowns because you're going to want to throw them down at the feet of Jesus. It would be a shame to show up in heaven with no crowns. But they, they all can be taken from you. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, the last church, oh, notice, seven verses in Philadelphia. The last church is Laodicea. So we have gone through all of these. So the, the Philadelphia, I just see all of the great awakenings. I see the missionaries that have gone all over the world. The door was open and men of God went and shared the gospel across the whole world. But now we're in the church of Laodicea. We're in the end times. We're in that church that has, has grown lukewarm. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. Jesus calls himself the Amen. Last word of the Bible, by the way. Amen. The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Yep, that's Jesus. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I would thou work cold or hot. I would rather you be totally on fire for me, or I would rather you be just totally cold. But you're indifferent. You're in the middle. And, and if you know anything about the Laodicean church back in that day, they had no water there. And they had, to, they had an aqueduct system above ground that they brought water in from a long ways away. By the time it showed up from the cool springs, it had heated up, and when they drank it, it was lukewarm, and they gagged. The Laodiceans would know exactly the way God felt about how they were and what would want to spew. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich. Notice over in Smyrna, they were in poverty, but God saw them as rich. Now, in Laodicea, in this church age we're in right now, we have no, need of nothing. We, we're so rich, but really we're poor. I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, 
I always say that wrong. Uh, that thou mayest see. So it's an ointment that you would put on your eyes, and they need that because they're blind and they need to be able to see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. So if the Lord is rebuking you and chastening you, wonderful. Because you are a son or a daughter, and he, no good parent lets their child do wrong things. They want to rebuke them and chasten them to get them back on the right path. So if God is rebuking you and chastening you, wonderful. You, maybe you are a child of God. 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and, and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Nine verses. Nine is the number of judgment. We're at that point. We're at the end of the church age right here. You know, uh, Joey was talking about being in Sunday school class and being in, in uh, chapter 4. You'll notice that in 4, John is all of a sudden in heaven. He's seeing all the wonderful things in heaven. I think at the end of the church age, there will be a rapture, and those who are like John, who are truly born again, will be, boom, taken out of here in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and they will be in heaven, and they will be just like what John is seeing right here, seeing the four living creatures, seeing the throne of God, and all the wonderful things there. And the church is not mentioned after this. Until the very end, there's just a mention of churches. All right. We need to be a people who trust that we have the pure Word of God. We have it. We need to be in it. We need to live it, believe it, and always glorify the person who wrote it all, which is Jesus. If you want the Holy Spirit... Glorify the Son. Let's pray. Um, Betty, if you can come up. We're going we're gonna to sing a, a song. We're going to sing out of the hymn book after I'm done praying. Uh, 104, I think, in the uh, worship hymnal. 104. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we are so grateful that Jesus Christ came down from glory to dwell amongst us. Father, we know that he was a perfect, sinless lamb that came to go through the cross for us. Father, we deserve that death, but Christ stood in the way. And Father, for anyone who believes on him, they can have eternal life. Father, I pray that each and every person here would turn to Jesus would look at him on that cross, see him go into the grave, and then come out to be seated at the right hand of God. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.